Welcome back to Desert Rain Community Radio. Today on episode 18, we talk about Holy Week and some of the stuff leading up to Easter. Uh, This is somewhat of a two-parter. Next week, we'll be delving into Easter. And um, so this week is also known as the Holy Triduum. Thank you to Diego at Recording Moving Studios. Uh, He's the engineer, uh, the editing and sound engineer. Thank you to Jacob. He provides uh, those drums you hear in the background. You can check out uh, those at monkdrums.com. To read more of David's musings and prayers and poems and that such, go to theruined.com. For other episodes of Desert Rain Community Radio, check out drcrpod.com. If you like what you hear, please tell a friend and spread the word. Also, feel free to reach out to David or I about topics or things you would like to hear. So with, um, with that being said, we appreciate you and let's get into it. Welcome back to episode insert number here. <laughs> Actually, we don't have ep- we have episode numbers the night we post it because we shuffle them around. So we're doing so- the shuffle in. <laughs> we'll do it live. Actually, that's not true. We won't do it. every they- day. We're shuffling. <laughs> <laughs> so we need you and I need to to do the that dance. Um, how are you doing today? I'm all Mr. right, David, David Morrison. We had some nice weather. We have a huge. Storm allegedly, allegedly heading our way. So I won't be going outside for a couple of days. Hiding under, I will be hiding under the bed with Fleetwood and my uh, bedroom warmer. Yeah, my heat, my space heater. So today uh, we wanted to jump into um, this idea of Holy Week, uh, Easter. The Easter's. Um, I know we don't really have a, a, a set outline, but just sort of discussing a couple couple different themes. Obviously, the importance of it um, within Christianity, but also uh, symbolically the importance of it. Um, sort of the timing of it, as far as the the, the calendar within nature. And how that corresponds to the timing of, of Easter and, and uh, you know, maybe we can do a little hat tip for our, our Jewish brothers and sisters and why Passover is, is tied into that story. And so, um, so yeah, so that's a, a lot to, to get started. Yeah. So maybe you can just give us an overview of sort of the, the timing of events uh, during Holy Week leading up to the... Um, uh, the Easter's. The Easter. Right? <laughs> the when Easter he rises season. again, that's the word I was looking for. <laughs> what is it? Yeah, the resurrection. The, the resurrection. The great getting up day. Yes, get up and get after it. So, um, so yeah, so maybe you can outline that for us a little bit. Yeah, it's an old liturgy for sure, and it's an old tradition. Um, you could see it as early as the Gospel of Luke, really. Uh, the story of the road to Emmaus can be argued to be a liturgy of the early church mm. already uh, written down and 
And if it's written down, that means there was an oral tradition right. long established before, long. long before that. Yeah. And so, so it's very quickly after the events, the, uh, we'll just call it the Christ event, the mm-hmm. appearance of this uh, Jesus of Nazareth and the events that are accounted uh, in the four Gospels. Um, and so, so you see a, a liturgy already developing that early and then mm-hmm. a very established liturgy by the second century um, and then throughout all the different traditions in different countries, there's all, there's a myriad of mm-hmm. traditions and diversities to, uh, to having no tradition. So, so what would be an example of that? Like the Quakers, mm, uh, okay. every, this is, the, you know, the Quakers and some of the reformed, um, some of those of, of a more evangelical or charismatic mm-hmm. bent will say, uh, you know, well, well, the scriptures say this is the day the Lord has made, so every day is the holy day. Mm. Um, but they still celebrate Easter for some reason. So. <laughs> and Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> so when I started picking up the liturgy as a way of living, uh, as a way to, 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 as a navigational point, as a compass for, for mm. navigating through my own spiritual life as a charismatic, um, there was a little bit of pushback <laughs> towards that. And so, yeah, and I first, think we've talked about that on a couple of the other yeah, podcasts. How um, it made people uncomfortable. Yeah, so I would be, you know, pushing, advocating for Advent or a season like that, and people would uh, push back on me and say, "You're just religious. You have a religious spirit. Mm-hmm. You uh, and that might be true. I don't know." Uh, and why? But, so why is that seen as a negative in those circles? Again, because it's an anti-tradition tradition. Mm. It's a, it's a. That's that's sort of where their foundation. Yeah, so it's iconoclastic. So, and that's a long, that's a good Wikipedia (laughs) article to go look up. That's a whole other. Yeah, to have so there is a tradition in Christianity, which could stem even from the Jewish tradition, which is have no images of God. No, Mm. you know, none of these special. I mean, Judaism has special feast days. Right. That's what the uh, the whole, you know, the whole calendar is about. yeah, but the hypocrisy was these people, or not, I don't think it was hypocrisy, but it was more of a contradiction, was that they would celebrate Christmas and Easter. Right. Uh, <laughs> but they wouldn't celebrate uh, Advent. Yeah, so, so the, I'm like, you know. The things leading up to those days. Yeah, and so, and it's just, you know, and these, you know how we, the religious ego is a funny, mm-hmm. it doesn't know what it wants. And so, you know, there was a time when the pipe organ brought into church was seen as satanic and, mm. you know, and uh, then there was a time when the guitar being brought in was the liberal hippies <laughs> was gonna, was gonna taking over the, the church, <laughs> ruin everything. you know, and now I just, we just kind of wish they'd just shut up altogether because the songs are so terrible. So I'm just kidding. Uh, so, so yeah, so, but very early Christians commemorated this day and, and the, and the death of martyrs and the falling asleep as, Paul calls it into the letter uh, to the Corinthians, was was a big deal to them, gathering around the the remains of their loved ones, mm. and so and it was all pointing towards resurrection. Right. And so there's you know even in the early catacombs in Rome there are uh, images uh, because the church uh, had to tackle that problem. You had they had pagans coming in believing that Jesus was this Messiah, but they had no background in Judaism. Mm. And then you had those who were born and raised in Judaism, and 
kind of looking down at the <laughs> so they're, yeah and, and but they're they're following this Jesus mm-hmm. too and so but but in these uh depictions of Jesus in the catacombs there's one of a and he's roman looking uh you know looks like a roman mm-hmm. male and he's a shepherd mm-hmm. and but why would they put that in the catacombs cuz it's he's he is the uh the firstborn of all creation okay to rise from the dead and will shepherd Humanity, humanity. Uh, to a great resurrection at the end, which is also a Jewish idea from the uh, mainly the prophecies of Daniel, uh, that there will be this great resurrection day. Mm. The day of the Lord uh, will come, and the nations, the the civilizations, which is not there's not really something civil about them, uh, <laughs> who who oppressed others. Uh, those who created civilization and empowered civilization at the expense of everyone else uh, will get their just due. Civilized in the sense of, or civilization in the sense of structure, right? Not necessarily on how we treat one another. Yeah. Okay. So, so, th- so that's that's where this uh, resurrection event took place, and theologically, it's extremely important. Mm-hmm. It's the centerpiece of of. Christianity uh, on street level Christianity you wouldn't hear that you'll right. uh, you'll probably hear you have to to say this prayer to give your life and your heart to Jesus Christ mm-hmm. as your personal Lord and Savior uh, the problem with with that is uh, that prayer doesn't exist in the Bible first of all <laughs> and secondly the concept of a personal Lord and Savior is not well that's it's it a modern very- idea. It seems like a very American idea. It is a very American yeah, idea. Whereas like it has no precedence in scripture or tradition, church cause, tradition. Because usually in scripture it's more talking about nations and communities. It's all community. Like that, right? It's a communal gospel. It's a global gospel. And if I I'll take it even further, it's a cosmic gospel. Mm. Um not to sound like uh, you know, uh, a hippie. New age guy. <laughs> well, uh, and just to to kind of go on that that note of the celebration of Easter being the center point. Yeah. That was that was one of the things, and I think we've talked about this on a previous podcast, so I'll keep it short, but I spent an Easter with an Orthodox church a couple of years ago. Yeah. And the way they celebrate Easter, I would say, is similar in the enthusiasm yeah. as other denominations celebrate Christmas. Yeah, yeah. And it was very interest that that was a very interesting observation and and when I talked to the orthodox priest about it who originally was a Lutheran priest so he's seen both sides yeah. of it. You know, and he he said, "Well, that's that basically the point that you're making here that that's it's a center point. Without the resurrection, there is yeah, no Christianity." Exactly. Um and I bounced between the two myself. Yeah, the, know, the more Christmas I meditated on those <laughs> <laughs> because Christmas is the incarnation of so material, uh, the material universe is essentially good, and it's and it's become unified with God because God uh, became a human being, mm. and so that's an amazing it's thing amazing. that you could live like, ten years of your life meditating on. And then there's the resurrection, which is the transcendence of God. So one is the imminence of God; God mm-hmm. is very present, right? Uh, and and then the other is the transcendence of God. One is uh, what uh, the Greek. Traditional word would be a, a cataphatic experience of God, which is uh, involves words, mental images, if not uh, artwork, mm. uh, singing, okay. uh, vocal prayers, and uh, and 
and, it, and for those who are more Pentecostal in their persuasion, uh, murmurings and, and speaking in tongues and uh, dancing and those kinds of things. So all that's what a fancy $10 word is cataphatic. Mm. Uh, and that would be the incarnational Christmas God theology. Being, God being amongst right. us. Right. Yeah. But then the resurrection, the Easter, the Pasch is what is what it's called actually. Okay. P-A-S-C-H or Pascha. Which, which derives from Passover, from uh, mm. Judaism. It's an Aramaic word. Uh, and then the, the European pagans took it and called it Easter, okay. oyster. Um, so whatever, you know, and I used to, uh, when I was a more rigid young man, uh, would refuse to use Easter for a while, and I started studying this stuff. And now, I, you know. <laughs> kind, of, kind of a snobbery about yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> now it's like, uh, well, who cares? And even in the transcendence of God, in the resurrection, yeah, and that's that an energy apophatic. still comes back to spend time with humanity. Like he shows himself to the disciples. Yeah. You know, he's he's witnessed after the resurrection yeah. still on earth. So it wasn't just transcendent into the universe and and gone. It was still on this right. Plane, yeah, which and is which is a really beautiful. Yeah, it's the total union between yeah the apophatic and the and the uh, cataphatic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but with the resurrection, it's, it's mysterious. It seems from the text that he spends more time, Jesus of Nazareth, the risen Jesus, spends more time alone in solitude, walking mm-hmm. lonely roads, uh, then would get hungry for that leftover Palestinian fried chicken. And so he would <laughs> walk through the door and... Hey, let uh, me get some dinner. <laughs> yeah, and because uh, he never turned down a meal even after his resurrection. Uh, and so... Yeah, so the apophatic calls for silence, calls for mm-hmm. an empty tomb. There's the emptiness of, and there's the emptying of, of uh, the Godhead on the cross. The emptying mm-hmm. of Jesus, the kenosis, is, is another fancy. I don't mean to say I'm not a theologian. These are just things I've. Well, no, I think it's read. important for the this this conversation for those you know because I know for myself during my study some of these words and terms have come up. So yeah, I I'm think- just yeah I'm a schlub trying to figure out his spirituality and. The more you try to figure those things out, the more it eludes you. So yeah, well, it's the <laughs> so, whole idea of chasing the ass in the wild, yeah. wild, right? Not to get all towel on you there, but you know that's kind of what it is. So the um, to back up a little bit, sure. Um, I don't I don't know where a good place to start for Holy Week is it him riding into riding in on the donkey into the city. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that would okay. be correct. Yeah, so, so 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 you go through Lent, you know, and which is traditionally Lent is that forty day period. It's actually forty seven because they don't count Sundays. Most traditions, anyway, mm-hmm. and it's and it's a, a solidarity with Jesus's temptation in the wilderness. Okay, uh, which is the temptation for God to be uh, Almighty and all powerful, really. Right, God chooses vulnerability. Well, let's 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 touch on that a little bit. The three temptations. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's for for power. Right. For um, self sufficiency. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, well, religious religious uh, uh, influence. You know, sanctity and okay. saintliness. Uh, the power of of the divine 
uh, backing me up because I worked miracles. I just, okay. You know, so the jumping off the, the jumping off the right. temple, and then the other was the yeah the lights of the civilization and the self sufficiency would be the the stone yeah into bright okay and to be and Henry Nowen writes a really good piece on it uh, the the uh, the uh, temptation to be relevant the temptation to be practically needed with the bread uh, yeah with the bread oh. I can, yeah and so there so. And that's the temptation of the so, social justice work uh, is to be the the, the great savior, mm. you know, and the great white savior. Yeah, exactly. Say. And so these so these pitfalls, and and so it's not just a forty day period in the desert. It represents the entirety of his life and ministry of these temptations. Well, the entire so, entirety of our life, and too, therefore right? us. Like yeah, that mirror. And so, so the liturgy invites us to do that once a year to to introspect. To, to take a look at those things, where where do I want uh, saintliness? Mm-hmm. That looks like a good thing on the surface, right? You Sounds know, like a good thing for sure. I yeah. want to be saintly. I want to be like Christ. I want to be like Jesus. How many songs do we have? We sung to make me like Jesus, uh, but but on another level, that could be actually be a temptation uh, away from God. Mm. And so these are very deep and murky waters. Uh, that and so so Lent is is the invitation to to do some of that stuff and in the modern era it would it would be dealing with shadow self to use a Jungian mm. term you know to to look at your motives uh, which is an important thing to do yeah yeah I, at least in my my life experience exactly reflecting mm. on those things that that motivate me and and where where my heart is so to speak yeah. And, and it's it's scary because you don't want to go into those dark shadows of yourself, um, but it seems necessary. Yeah, or 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 to engage in scary questions like the David White question that oh, I yeah. was investigating. Uh, am I am I brave enough to ask someone else in such a way that makes them brave enough to tell me uh, what do I need to do with my life next? Mm-hmm. And that, that's not the implication. There isn't what. Should I move to Cleveland? Uh, it's it's uh, how do I relate to people on small levels every day? Right, and it's not like uh, oh, maybe I should get a life coach to answer that question. No, it's no. like it's like the daily grind. Yeah, it's the person that observes you and sees you, and people that are close to you. Uh, they know, uh, but they they might feel threatened by you. By your defensiveness or mm. by your manipulations and you know, these emotional things that we do to one another. Right. Um, Even, uh, well, probably more, especially those we love. Yeah, exactly. So we can fall into those things. So, 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 yeah, so that's Lent and it, and the liturgy leads up to the gospel readings of the events that led up to Jesus's arrest and crucifixion. Yeah. So maybe we can, we can do that. The events that led up yeah. to the arrest. So he he, he yeah. rides into Jerusalem on this uh, donkey. Yeah, that ass. was a problem. Like, <laughs> why why is why is this significant? That became a political problem. <laughs> <laughs> he needed political advisors. Yeah, why is that significant in uh, in comparison to like the Hebrew scriptures, in comparison to the time the, the time frame yeah. that is happening. Because um, he was very much looked at by some as this revolutionary right. that was going to come and, and overthrow uh, 
the yeah. powers to be, right? Yeah, you know, an empire stays an empire by uh, eliminating even the rumors of threats. Right. And that and the Roman Empire lasted a thousand years. So it was very good efficient. at what it did. <laughs> removing those threats. Yeah, and so uh, the whole thing's political, you know, and so we don't have the privilege. People that say they... Uh, they, they don't mix politics with their faith. Well, they don't really have a faith either then. Uh, they have a country club of some sort. A hangout. Room. Yeah, because their, their privilege has, has blinded them. Uh, because it was a very political uh, move that he did. Uh, the greatest figure in the ancient world was Alexander the Great, and his title was the Son of God. Mm, and right. so that's exactly what Jesus is doing in a very Jewish way. And, and the Jewish scriptures are really about, in a lot of ways, uh, just kind of making fun of or mocking uh, mm. empire. Um, you know, you read the Exodus, there's a lot of funny moments in there. You yeah. know, uh, uh, Moses appears, you know, this poor goat herder in front of the, the mighty powerful Pharaoh. And one of the curses, I think it was the frogs. Uh, and, and Moses says, well, do you want me to pray to remove them? And the Pharaoh goes, well, do it tomorrow. <laughs> like, really? You don't want to get rid of frogs now? <laughs> and so it's a joke, you know? Right. Uh, and so, so I, you know, and the comedy is one of those things. And so I think it was a comical, you know, uh, because... Representation. Yeah, instead of a white steed... Uh, a, a war horse, right? As he's, it's a, it's an he's, ass. He's in, he's in armor or something <laughs> yeah. like that, right? He's walking on an ass, you know. And they're and they're using messianic phrases. The the people, so so it really pissed off a a very powerful sect in Judaism. They weren't Judaism. All they they probably thought they were, but they didn't represent all of Judaism for all time. The Pharisees. Oh right. Uh, they were a small sect. Uh, that they were, were very self-important. Yeah, the and they were, you know, a lot of people think they were the fundamentalists. They weren't. They were the liberals of their time. Mm. They were progressive because they knew the temple, uh, Judaism surround uh, with the temple life as the center could not hold anymore. And so they were the ones pushing for uh, synagogue and Torah being the center of Judaism. It was a shift that they had to make. Because of the diaspora, they were, they were dispersed throughout the nations. You couldn't just get to too, Jerusalem too big. anymore. Yeah, so they right. were they were actually the progressive uh, branch, uh, but they you know they despised the people, the common people, and mm. Jesus was a rock star with them. The deplorables, them. But, so the deplorables in the caste system. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The the fishermen and the yeah, the, hand, the, the people the working with their hands. Carpenters and those kinds of lepers. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, women, uh, you know, that. Right. And then the Samaritans who, you know, so there's racism involved as well. Samaritans were uh, biracial. Mm. And so there's... there's Look, looked down upon. Yeah, absolutely. And right. They weren't pure, genetically pure and that kind of thing. And... And so, so yeah, and they're calling him the son of God. They're using messianic language. The Romans are, you know, the, the eye of the, the sleeping eye of the empire woke up at that. And then he uh, overturns the tables as a prophetic right. sign uh, of the money changers. So that was, so then he offends the second group, this, the... Uh, the business owners. Yeah, well, the, the, temple, the temple people, the Herodians and the, the Sanhedrin, uh, which was another group. Uh, 
who I believe came from the Maccabean Rebellion from that mm. point. You can look that up on Wikipedia. Yeah, uh, fact-checkers, <laughs> folks. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a theologian nor the son of a theologian. I'm just a schlub <laughs> and we working don't, my way through. <laughs> we can't afford a fact-checker here with us as we as Yeah, we we're chat. a low-budget operation here, so <laughs> we don't have anything with us. So, yeah. So that's the second group Yeah, so he offends the temple people now, you know. And, uh, and that's also a Jewish class. Right, exactly. Yeah, okay. And, uh, they were trying to collaborate with the Romans mm. to preserve Judaism, whereas others like the Zealots, some of these rebellious people that Jesus chose as his uh, personal disciples were Zealots trying to overthrow the Roman government. So, you know, to say he wasn't political and to say the kingdom of God is not political right. uh, is, is uh, misguided at best. And so then, uh, yeah, and then the Gospel of John— the healing, uh, the raising of Lazarus from the dead was also a the final uh, the final thrust of the events that led to his arrest and crucifixion. Why why is that one in the uh, context of so he, he, you talked about how he offended the first group of people. Right. And group. had continuously offended right, them. Right, right. So why is this Lazarus one? Because that that event, according to the that gospel. Uh, the entire world was believing in him, and so, oh. so that's when the 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 chief priest had to gather and say, "We gotta, we gotta get rid of this guy." And it sort of <laughs> it had sort of hit that tipping point of, of yeah. mass uh, acknowledgement. Yeah, he completely word. had the people, if yeah. you will, at that point. Uh, he was the folk hero. He was, you know. You know I don't know. Almost, what, almost what as a famous, modern folk, folk hero. He was almost be. as famous as the Beatles. If, yeah. you ask, if you ask John Lennon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, he, yeah. And so that event, yeah, was the, the final. I see. And so, and the Gospels don't agree on the time period because they have different uh, liturgical. Right, uh, purposes. Yeah, because the Gospels are not historical records. They're in the modern right. sense. They're, and all you have to do is read. If you yeah. read all four of them, you realize. <laughs> yeah, no, you have different names for the disciple. Wait, wait, which one is wait, this guy? On. Where did uh, this guy come from? There's been many attempts from the second century on to to uh, harmonize them uh, and to uh, fix that, but but they're they're but that defeats the purpose. It, the yeah, day. from well, from a modern scholarship point of view, uh, these four gospels were produced by communities of faith. Four different communities. Four different early communities. Uh, maybe some that combined later. Mm. You know, who know, you know, a lot of movement and that kind of thing. Um, and this is this is a collective. Each gospel is the collective memory and prayer life and meditation on the Jesus event. That's what they are. And they were. I know you already mentioned this earlier, but just to reiterate, they were also a. Uh, Oral tradition, right? For many, many, many years yeah. prior to being written down. Yeah, something like 80, 60 to eighty years right. after the the initial event, and so. And again, I'm not a scholar, and I'm not trying to. I'm not approaching this from an intellectual point of view. I'm I'm approaching this from a way. This is a way to navigate your life. This is a way to to live a life of following this Jesus of Nazareth uh, in the twenty first century, and. Um, well, and I, and I think too, like you're saying, it's a, a uh, written down 
meditation or reflection on their prayer lives and what they believe, that's far more important and for me personally far more interesting to gleam a way right. to follow Jesus of Nazareth, right? If we yeah. can look at these four sort of portals into what was thought and believed exactly. and prayed, prayed on at the time. And so so that so those two events, you know, are commemorated usually, at least in the Roman, right? Uh other other traditions have, you know, the Eastern Church has a different right. time even a, di- a different dating system yeah. from from the Juli- uh, Julian calendar instead of the Gregorian, but that's a whole other issue. But so usually it's uh so it's Lazarus Sunday and then the, it's what they call Palm Sunday, which Represents. Before Vatican II, and I'm, again, I'm not a, I'm not representing the Catholic Church or anything, uh, but it used to be called Passion Sunday, mm. and uh, and they used to separate those two, but now they've been combined in the last within my our lifetime. Right. So it's Palm Sunday and Passion Sunday. Uh, and Palm Sunday together. is the Sunday before Good Friday. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So there's so that's when the Holy Week begins. Is that Sunday Palm Sunday? Uh, slash Passion Sunday, and then Tuesday the the liturgy is uh, he gets Jesus goes to Lazarus uh, Lazarus house with his sisters uh, Mary and Bethany, I, I mean Mary and uh, Martha of Bethany, and so it was a brother and two sisters, and he was obviously very close with them, and, and you can see it in the Gospels. And he gets his feet anointed okay. uh, by Mary of Bethany. And so that's a commemoration. And then Thursday night becomes the first night of what they call the tritium, the, the, the three holiest days, if you will, the okay. three sacred days. Or I, I saw one, I, I think it was the Coptic Church. I could be wrong on this. But they call it the, uh, the days of mystery. Oh, wow. And other, other liturgies have called it the, the three days of silence. Of stillness. I like that days and, of mystery. Yeah, yeah. And so that's Thursday, yeah. Thursday of the mysteries. That's what they actually call okay. it. Thursday of the mysteries, which is which is the first, if you will, uh it's it's the commemoration of the Eucharist, the breaking of bread. And that's essential to Christianity. Uh and again, I, I recognize there's traditions that don't recognize uh communion right. as being because it for all kinds of reasons. But um, but in my mind, Jesus never asked us to form churches and councils, right. and uh, but he did ask us just to get together and break bread together. Well, he almost—I mean, it was almost a commandment. Yeah, to come together and to and love break, one another in to that. break bread. Yeah. During that that Last Supper, so it's the essence of community, and that and that table is so uh, important. You know, it's the open table of of God forever, always inviting in uh, inward, always inviting inward, and and from the margins and from the bottom up. Uh, and so it's not a bad way to see things. You know, right? If, it could change your worldview. It could change how you treat people. Uh, and so that so that's. Uh, what's come to be called Holy Thursday. I think Protestants call it Monday Thursday. Okay. I didn't grow up hearing that, and it's a weird term for me. Yeah. So, so I just call it Holy Thursday myself. Um, but it's the it's the commemoration of the Last Supper, or or 
more theologically be the first supper. Um, And that's when he invites everyone to the table. Yeah, they're in the upper room. Mm -hmm. They rented a room for the Passover. So again, they got an Airbnb. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) They went and caught the the Phoenix Suns game, and then they went up to the upper room at twilight. And uh, yeah, and so so it's 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 a combination of the Passover, which is the commemoration of uh, the the children of Israel leaving Egypt fleeing Egypt that night. They sacrificed the Passover lamb, and uh, and it's a huge feast, obviously. It's a big deal. And so this is his Passover, uh, but, he, but he gives a new covenant to it, which caused the division of Judaism and what later became Christianity. Uh, and, and with that, the symbology of the Passover lamb, in that moment, Jesus would be seeing himself Right. As the Passover, yeah. Day, correct? Paul coming along later, yeah. Uh, and, I, and I guess later in the Gospel of John, when the Baptist sees Jesus in the first chapter, he says, Behold, the Lamb of God who oh. takes away the sins of the world. Okay. Which is obviously la- a later. Right. He didn't actually know, say that right. at the moment. Just but. call me Lammy. You know, he didn't. Uh, <laughs> but it, it makes for good foreshadowing in a, right, in a literature yeah. sense. And so, yeah. So I believe uh, Paul wrote the Corinthians and said, Christ, our Passover lamb, has been okay. slain. Uh, in the uh, book of Revelation, uh, John the Revelator, he sees uh, uh, the lamb of God who was slain before the creation of the world. Mm. And so so it becomes an eternal, mystical event, not just a one-time historical event. It's it's a cosmic reality. It's, it's constantly that's ever present. Yeah, it's constantly happening. Yeah. So the death and the resurrection are that are uh, united. They're 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 a a singularity. And so and, which and was present before the world was before even everything. Created. Yeah. So that's so then you get in some real spooky stuff. Yeah. There, right? That's um, but that's but that's the first day. That's the first day of the right. tritium, and then okay. and then you move into Good Friday, the next day, which is the commemoration of the crucifixion of so, Jesus at noon. This is to me, someone getting nailed to the cross is not good. So yeah. How, what, what's the idea behind calling it Good Friday? Uh, it was definitely a later right addition uh, because even the uh, the artwork of the cross itself was very late, actually, believe it or not. Interesting. So on the catacomb walls, uh, early Christian art, the first Christians on, on their tombs, uh, they didn't really, they didn't put the cross up there uh, because it was so horrific right. to them. Yeah. yeah. And so... Um, I mean, it's the, the modern day equivalent is the, the electric chair, I suppose. Yeah. Or or the gas chamber. Firing yeah, the, squads. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so new, yeah, new it's a horrific nooses, yeah. event, and and usually in in churches, the high churches, uh, liturgical churches, they'll strip every, the church down. I remember growing up, making it look uh, very simple, right? Yeah, they would cover the crucifix with a black cloth, um, that kind of thing, and you know, just make it very empty in the in the in the church uh, in the chapel, you know, and. Uh, so so, the, somewhere black vestments, uh, that kind of thing. So is the idea of Good Friday just because it's sort of the idea of foreshadowing of the resurrection to come? No, it's an event. It's 
But I mean, why why the name Good Friday? Oh, I, yeah, yeah. It would be the uh, probably from the liturgy of uh, Holy Saturday, the the, the Easter uh, vigil, which is an ancient. There's an ancient theology or ancient liturgy, an ancient song that says, "Oh, happy accident." Mm. Uh, that the Son of God was crucified, or, or a happy accident that that uh, mankind fell, that Adam fell, because it brought to us such a great Savior. I see, kind of thing, and so it's kind of connected with going yeah. back to that beginning of time. Yeah, sort of idea. and there is no resurrection without okay. death, okay. without cruci- uh, crucifixion, as we like <laughs> as, to say. As, as we invented that as, word as we coined it. We, here, we, uh, we copyrighted it, <laughs> crucifixion. <laughs> so, so without, yeah, so without the death. Okay. Uh, there is no uh, resurrection, okay. and and the two are essentially one, right. which is what the Eucharist goes hand in s- hand. tells you. You know, it's the cup of of suffering, it's the cup of joy, and it's one cup. And so, so the cross and the resurrection, they can't be separated theologically or in and or well, mystically. Just, they yeah, can't it's, be. It's nonsensical um, once you, try, yeah, if if you tried to separate them. And it goes to our to the to the beginning of our universe, right? Uh, it's the best that we know. Uh, uh, a sun collapsed inward on itself, was was crucified, if you will. It right. imploded, it emptied itself, and then it uh, expanded. Ex- expanded outward and created life. And so, and here we are today. Yeah, on this rock, <laughs> in our face. on this blue marble, as they used to say. Yeah, the pale blue dot. So. <laughs> Um, so that the on Good Friday that uh, is part of that that well I guess the um, Garden of uh, scene is before Good Friday, right? That would be the the day before. Yeah, that would be the yeah. the Holy Thursday. Holy Thursday also commemorates the the the, the washing of the disciples' feet. So okay. just to back up a little. Yeah. So a lot of a lot of liturgies will do that too. They'll do foot washing ceremonies okay. that night. And so yeah, so then there's the the, the Garden of Gethsemane and um and then yeah the, the noon he's arrested there he's arrested that right. night. Uh depending Betrayed. depending on which gospel you read, there's different days. Yeah. John has a different uh, Betrayed by his disciple. Right, his yeah. Judas brings the, mo- brings the mob of uh, torches. What is up with uh, mobs and their torches? They, they love their torches, <laughs> they don't them. they? they got to light their way. Yeah. <laughs> the, the forces of darkness always love to carry torches. <laughs> always to illuminate <laughs> their dark uh, intentions, yep. I suppose. <laughs> and their polo shirts and their white hoods. And so, uh, so they arrest him. He spends the night in a well. And uh, kind of, they dump him in, a, in the ground. Um, they bring him up early, early in the morning, and uh, you know, apparently there's a trial with the leaders. There's who knows how that kangaroo how kangaroo that happened, yeah. Stuff. And then he's so then by mid morning on Friday, brought before Pilate. Pilate tries to get out of it, uh, and uh, and then he gets handed over to be crucified and. And this is about noon on Friday, the, according to the tradition. And so, so, so actually, just to step back, this idea of Pilate's always a very interesting character in my yeah. mind because you're you're right. He does like he knows something is not right about this situation, but he still goes along with you know 
people are, you know, democracy is a great thing, but sometimes democracy also kills people. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what, what is, what is the symbolic nature of that, of Pilate up there? Basically, it seems like pleading with the crowd, like, Hey, let's, let's yeah. not do this. But then at the end of the day, he still yeah, goes yeah. along with it. Yeah, he's a Roman, and so Romans are all about one thing, and that's order. Mm. They wanted order. And, and so so he was trying his avenues of how to gain that. Uh, he, needed, he, needed the, uh, he needed the majority of people's, right. uh, uh, I guess, their calm and their uh, passivity, I guess is what I'm looking for, subjugation, you know. Uh, so he's looking to keep the status quo, right? But also let this guy off. And the problem with the status quo is the expense at keeping it changes throughout the process. Right. Yeah. So, well, because if he would have let him go, he would have been the one punished. Yeah, something would have. Yeah, yeah. An, a, probably an insurrection of some sort is probably what he was thinking at the time. And and what does he care? You know, uh, it's not his. Well, he's got he's problem. Got, he's got a family to feed. Yeah, yeah. He's just doing his job, you know. And so, um, okay. So, so that's at noon is when Christ is taken away. Yeah. So, he's, so there's different processes in it, and there is a the Franciscans came up with a meditation on this called the Stations of the Cross, where mm-hmm. you can meditate on each station. Um, you know, where he's whipped, he's scourged. Uh, they put a crown of thorns on him. So you meditate on all of these on Good Friday. Uh, they, they put the cross on his shoulders. He stumbles. He falls. They uh, coerce uh, a poor guy in the crowd named Simon to help him carry the cross. The, the spiritual meaning behind each one of these is vast Yeah, we, could, deep. Spend, we could spend an hour on each station. Yeah, exactly. If we wanted to. And so then that's what that day is, is for. You know, so you take that time off to do that and sit with that. Um, what we usually like to do is the religious ego usually wants to say, uh, well, the cross was just about Jesus uh, dying for my sins. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for my sins. Thank you, Jesus. And it just keeps it at that very surface level. Can we also share the horrific, I think you had talked to me about it, that maybe either as you were a kid or you heard someone tell a kid that anytime they sinned, they were basically, oh, yeah, yeah. Jesus was being nailed to he the had to cross go through again. The, yeah, I believe, I've had that weird idea in my head when I was a kid. Yeah, anytime I sinned, I thought a dirty thought, told a dirty joke, did something stupid. Um, I thought, yeah, in order for Jesus to forgive me, uh, he had to go through the pain of the, cruci- uh, the crucifixion again. And so it was quite a, I was quite a burden to Which him. I was going to say is, is a totally <laughs> debilitating thought. On your human existence, if that's if that's the yeah. guilt that's going through your head, is well, that's sinning, some good right? Irish Catholic guilt yeah, right there, yeah, my yeah, friend. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, okay, so yeah, right. So the surface level of saying thank you, Jesus. Yeah, you got yeah, having to go through all this, which keeps it at the surface level, but then obviously you can take it to a whole nother level. Yeah. with that thought process of every sin is a is another crucif- uh, yeah. crucifixion. Yeah, and it just gets. It devolves into meaninglessness eventually, you know. Why did, you know, so any 10-year-old kid, well, why did God have to send his son to die like that? Because you and I are really bad people, Johnny. And um, 
Well, well here's he's God, candy. though. Can't he just change it? Here's some Easter candy, little, little <laughs> yeah, Johnny. Here, Stop eat asking your, questions. Eat your candy and uh, be quiet, kid. So, so okay. So, how do we cultivate the meaning within that? Yeah, past that surface level. Well, the that God in God's divinity would take absolute and final. Uh, solidarity with the suffering of all things forever mm. for all time that's alone could give you enough uh, material to meditate upon and change you so when for I'm, a lifetime so when i'm in my room weeping over my grandfather or grandmother's death those tears running down my face are the same tears that jesus experienced in his suffering and is presently experiencing through right. you. That's that's the mystery of it. And so it's Christ within you weeping and experiencing your specific uh, suffering and loss for the first time. Because God is present. God is uh, present in the sense of time. Present, present. Mm. Now. So, so he was at, um, he was in the concentration camps. He was in Nagasaki. Yeah. He was in, you know, any any natural disaster. Exactly. You know, not that the first two were natural disasters, but just yeah. continuing that trend of, you know, tsunamis and yeah. volcano blasts. Christ yeah. is in all those things. And, and, and as you meditate on that and open your heart to these realities, the... Uh, the, the windows of empathy inside your soul can begin to open up mm. towards the, the present suffering of people right now on the earth. And then as you hold that, the tension of that, it, it will begin to transform you. And then a discernment will come and you, and you can actually take uh, meaningful action in small steps, small ways, and, and actually uh, affect healing, if you will, or, or be a channel of peace, channel of healing uh, St. Francis, the prayer of St. Francis says, not a bad way to live your life. Right. That's, that's, and it's, it's much tougher than that uh, standing in that point. That, thank, thank you, Jesus, for getting nailed for that cross and taking yeah, away my sins. And getting me off the hook. And, right. And, um, but to step into that and, and to, uh, like you were saying, um, cultivate those windows of empathy yeah uh, even even if it's just a crack right like even if it's if, if you empathy is tough for an individual even if right. it's a pinprick yeah through that to start out with and usually it starts with your own shame so it's your oh, own sins it's your own to use a traditional word your own sins mm -hmm. uh the things you're going to take to the grave but it's the things that you're absolutely ashamed of that you've done and uh, it's a cleansing of those things as well and a facing of those things, uh, rather than using them to bypass looking at those things. Uh, I see. And so you enter into those. Yeah, with the former things. idea, you, you don't have to look at those things. Yeah. Because Jesus has already yeah. taken them away from so if you. So if you were, if you've committed violence against another person in your life, uh, whether it be physical, verbal, sexual, uh, you could uh, theoretically take a meditation like this and put yourself in the position of, say, the, uh, the Roman soldier that pierced Jesus' mm. side 
and mocked. You know, I don't know if that that one did mock him, but or or one or of the other soldiers the crowd, that, or yeah, the crowd mocking, away yeah. with him, crucify him. Which the liturgy has the people say that. Yeah, you know, give us Barabbas. You know, it has you, yeah. and so it's a psychological unloading. Uh, it's an unloading of your unconscious. It's an unloading of your shame of of things that you've done that you need to own and you have no idea how to own them. And so it's, it's the way to, 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 to really do that rather than bypass them. Yeah, to ignore them. say, well, I'm a happen. Christian now and I'm uh, forgiven. Well, what about that Piggly Wiggly you knocked off? <laughs> well, I'm guilty of that too. Well, you said you were innocent of that. Well, then he forgives me for my lying, you know. And, and I make a joke of it, but there are deeper things that people... Well, hide, particularly sexual things. And those things will uh, bubble to the surface yeah, if you yeah. don't deal with them. And so there needs to come a point in our world, uh, our culture, where uh, the uh, the predator, the sexual predator, has to become healed in some way. Yeah. Uh, exposing them is, is one step, but but shaming them into outer darkness where it's not going to yeah, it's it's gain them power them out there. To make them a pariah, a pariah, yeah, you know, and, and that's not con- we're not condoning. No, they should those lose things. their power and their influence yeah. for sure. They but should lose their job. They the, should lose, but but there's got to be some sort of space where a road to redemption. Yeah, yeah, where where their inner soul can be healed, so that they don't do that ever again, or or lead uh, or pass it on to someone else, you know. And so, and and I don't have the answer to any of these things. No, no, <laughs> these yeah. are very complicated <laughs> things that. We're all working out in our culture, you know. And so. Well, and I think the easy the easy thing to point to, uh, sort of the the um, oh, you know, the easy saying is is hurt people hurt people, right? And it's like, well, that's true. So how do we the those cycle. people that are hurt? Yeah. How do we step in and and help them heal? Yeah. Uh, because I also think uh, hurt people can heal people. Exactly. They can use those things. Uh, I mean, just we, we've talked about it on here a hundred times, but just, you know, that the recovery world is a, a perfect example of that. Like one addicted person can help another addicted yeah. person, you know, and, and I, I think that can uh, extrapolate out to many avenues. Absolutely. In, in yeah. the world. You know, it's not it's not uh, just in the addiction class of things. It's, yeah. I think, all things. But No, it's all pain and. Yeah. And yeah, and that's what the Good Friday meditation spirituality calls us into, you know. And so it's like Richard Rohr says so well, uh uh what do we do with our pain is the is the major question. Mm-hmm. What are we doing with our pain? Uh if it if our pain does not get transformed, it will most assuredly be transmitted outward mm-hmm. to others. Okay. And so and that's you know, uh from all, all the spectrum of all pain is what right. I'm trying to say. So from violence to uh, antisocial kinds of things, illegal kinds of things, all the way to uh, the basic things that we all deal with on a daily basis. Yeah. Your your uh, your hangnail that's been bothering you for a week. Yeah, <laughs> that, something that you know, something that can seem that insignificant, all the way to the to the modern day travesty, or not just modern day travesties, but right, you know, wars and. Uh, genocide and all these other things that we uh, excuse me that we uh, wrestle with as a society um, for thousands and thousands of years. So, um, so going from that and then stepping into um, the burial, 
Yeah. So that's my favorite of the all the, the liturgy of the year is Holy Saturday, the Easter Vigil, because it's a non-liturgy. It's an anti-liturgy. It's the only day too, right? Where they don't... The read. only one, yeah. There's no, there are no readings. There are no... It's an absolute silence. So it's... So those who who tend towards silence, towards ni- uh, minimal spirituality, uh, minimalism, if you will, right. uh, the nada, as John of the Cross called it, uh, the emptiness, uh, the desert. It's 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 all there on that day. It's when uh, the Son of God is resting, dead, asleep in the earth, and uh, it's really a true day of mourning. Yeah, and, and there's nothing to say, you know, and it's, uh, and that's the profound witness of the of the women at the cross. Uh, yeah, so, uh, they say elaborate no, on that a little bit. Well, because they they don't say anything; they're silent witnesses, and so that's a contemplative trigger, if you will, because culturally that's not what would have been happening. Uh, you know, women in that culture would be uh, wailing. Mm. And and very loudly proclaiming his innocence and the injustice of of uh, what they were doing, and they would take on the and, crowd and what they were witnessing. Yeah, and we have no problem taking on the crowd doing that, but they don't do that. They s- stand there silently at the, uh, and they don't even attempt to explain what's happening to the reader or to you know to the crowd. And so there's this emptiness of God, the, the, uh, a mystical silence that we're uh, invited to enter into at that point. That's pretty profound. It's extremely profound, too, in the sense that I I can't speak historically because, you know, like we've said a couple of different times, we're not theologians, but I can speak during my lifetime. uh, It's kind of that's kind of the opposite thing you do. Or that's the opposite that you're um, encouraged to do when you see an injustice going on. Right. The idea is to make noise, yeah, get yeah. seen, you know, go against the crowd, this idea. Whether we do it or not, that's a different thing. So to embody this idea of silence, of silent witnessing. Yeah. Which isn't a passive thing, right? When you're no, witnessing it's not passive at all. Yeah, you're, you're very much engaged in it. Yeah. To your surface mind, to your ego, to your external mind, if you will, it's offensive for sure. It looks passive and because mm. it's, you know, but it's it's totally not passive. And to an onlooker, they could take that same, like, oh, look at this person just being silent. Yeah, yeah. Not doing anything. But no, when you're engaged and at least, you know, I've never been in it. The example we're using, right, is the like the ultimate example as far as the... Uh, Jesus being crucified, but just in in spiritual work for myself, sitting in silence just in general seems so counterintuitive. But for me, it's been it's been the greatest tool, yeah, to kind of see the world around me. Yeah, it's it's profound. It's powerful and scary for people. Why, why do you think that is? Why do you think that that witnessing silence or just, I mean, maybe we just can stick to silence yeah. even. I, I, we did a podcast about silence, but, right. I, you know, I think this is a good. Well, I mean, we spend our lives basically trying to build up illusions against reality. 
uh, you know, uh, David White has a whole TED talk on the three illusions that we spend our entire lives, uh, structuring our entire lives around. Mm. And so, you know, one of them would be, um, I can, I can set my life up in such a way that I, I will never be vulnerable. Mm. I'll never need anybody else. That's, that's an illusion. It's not reality at all, but we've structured ourselves that way. And the second one would be, I could set up my life in such a way uh, that my heart will never get broken. <laughs> yeah, good luck with and that. So again, and we, we try to do this. And the third one would be, I could uh, set up my life in such a way that I can uh, see enough of the road ahead to plan for exactly what will happen. And, 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 you know, there's a whole industries based on this, right? Billion dollar industries based on an illusion. Uh, well, I mean, just, you know, the insurance. Industry. Exactly. <laughs> H&R Block, you know, and they are not our sponsor. So, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, they, and it's just so these illusions. And so when you go into silence and you go into solitude, those illusions tend to uh, fade mm. quite a bit. And that's terrifying for people mm. because they don't see the, it, it as an illusion. They see it as the very fabric and structure of their own reality being torn at. They see the three illusions that you just mentioned right. as their foundation. Exactly. And that is my life. Right. And my biography is who I am. My, my address is, uh, you know, and so, uh, that, so it's a very, uh, it's 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 what Paul would call uh, joint fellowship with the sufferings of Jesus. You get dismantled. You get dispossessed. That's what love will do to you uh, at one level. Uh, yes, uh, it's like oxygen, as someone said. But on the other level, love in in the from the from the Good Friday perspective is a dismantling. It's a dispossession. It's an emptying out. And so we participate in that, and uh, it's very scary for people. Well, and I think that, too, I know this word gets thrown around in Christian circles kind of in a weird way, but that that dismantling is also the part of being born again. Yeah, to absolutely. Having, yeah. having new eyes to the world, yeah. having a new perspective, um, those old ways or those old ideas – fade away yeah um, and maybe it doesn't happen overnight right like it can be a piecemeal um i know william james did a lot of writing about yeah. that of like an intellectual process that eventually you have this spiritual experience yeah that's transformative and it's a yeah for most people it's a slow process the the ones that particularly in the christian circles the the born again experience is often uh, it can it can look very powerful and in, and a, and a one time experience kind of thing, uh, but what I've seen in all the years that I've I've been involved with this is that it's it's that's just an initial awakening from yeah. addictive thinking is what it really is. So so the, their addictions, the illusions. So so we have these illusions that we structured our lives around. The illusions begin to uh, not work for us, right. and so we enter into various addictions, whether it, uh, shopping, uh, Eating. could be things that are destroying us, yeah. but it could be just simple addictive thinking, uh, inflexible thinking and that kind of thing. And, and so, the, but then there comes a point where the, the, the addictions are beginning to consume us. And so then we need it, but we hate it. 
Yeah, the the addiction becomes the foundation. Yeah. And we can see the cracks in that foundation as we stand on it. Right. And a lot of people are in that place yeah. right now, yeah. today. And so when you when they receive a, a born-again experience, it's an awakening from that addictive process. And and so they, the liberation of it is just uh you know, so overwhelming and joyful and right. amazing. Yeah. Uh, how could you not think this is everything? Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's barely the beginning. Well, and, and, and kind of, there's kind of two, you're kind of like on the middle of the fence right there and half of the, and I'm just throwing out percentages yeah, yeah. being silly, but half of the people slowly fall back into their old addictions and old ways. Six yeah, months down or they the replace, year. Um, yeah, they'll replace alcohol with, Maybe they're not chemically addicted to alcohol anymore, but yeah, but inflexible thinking. And yeah, or it, it, they fall on the other side of the fence where it is this uh, silence, prayer, service. Mm, I see what um, you're saying. Yeah, you know th- these other things, uh, and you know maybe some people say uh, those things are just replacing the alcohol, but it, in my experience, sitting in silence, being of service to others. Um, Prayer, yeah, uh, those things. Might, I might be addicted to those things, but it seems to be serving the world a lot better than when I was yeah, when yeah. I was blackout drinking and having this inflect. Uh, what did you just call it? Um, yeah, inflexible thinking. Yeah, inflexible and, thinking. And yeah, and I, th- I think AA coined the phrase. Uh, well, I don't think it's in their literature. It's not a very nice phrase, but it's called a dry drunk. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That's interesting. I don't know. It's a popular term nonetheless. I don't okay. know if it's in it might be actually no, you know what? I think it is in some of the it, I think so. Yeah, now that okay, you they address that. that issue. Yeah. So yeah, they're no longer drinking, but the the uh the roots are still yeah, the, the same. The rage, the yeah, anger. Very angry people. The uh and you see that in Christianity. You see that in church circles. They started off so joyful because they were released from addiction. And then as they don't do the work. The inward work of the spirit, or or as AA would call it, the steps. Right. Uh, if you don't do the soul work, uh, they end up in a place of being very angry mm-hmm. at the very people that they were uh, often, and and they become inflexible people, uh, and they become uh, all the people that no one wants to really hang out with, especially Jesus. He doesn't want to hang out, with them. <laughs> but they claim that they have a. They have a special. Yeah, we have with, with we have Christ. a corner on the market of Jesus. That's yeah. this what they claim, and and it's a sad place to be because then the only thing that could, uh, I guess, break them out of that ice is a moral failing of some sort. Another moral failing uh, where they're faced with their humility and shame, and then have to, yeah. or even you know even the the church dissolving in some way. Within their life, yeah, for maybe to get a different perspective. Anyway, it, it, there, yeah, you can get. Yeah, a we should talk about ways. that sometime. Uh, yeah. Crisis of faith, and people that are losing their their religion, so to speak, and that it's not the end of the world yeah. if you lose that. Especially if you use it as a as a catapult to whatever the next thing might be that, yeah. that it does serve you. So, um, well, Mr. Morrison, I think I think uh, part one of uh, the Holy Week Easter conversation. Uh, next uh, next episode, we'll we'll dive into Easter and the resurrection and and sort of the the time frame after that. I guess we can, sounds good. We can talk about doubting Thomas. Yeah. <laughs>
Old Tommy. Good old Tommy. So, <laughs> uh, thank you all for listening uh, to another edition of Desert Rain Community Radio. Much appreciation. Uh, as always, uh, thank you, David Morrison, yeah. for your, your insight and your Thank time. you, Mr. Mason. Yes, sir. And uh, as always, uh, those drums you hear in the background, that's Monk Drums, monkdrums.com, and uh, drcrpod.com to check out uh, other episodes that we have posted up until this point. And if you have uh, some uh, curiosity about some other insights and writings uh, Mr. David Morrison has done, you can check out theruin.com. So uh, thank you all for your time and have a, a beautiful day. Thank you all.